Ring, ring. I'm laughing at the fact that we were having a full-blown conversation with multiple tangents, bits, and voices happening. And the second I hit record, we we both go, silence, like the teacher walked back in the room. (laughs) Something we have nothing to say. Interesting. Or it's like we're talking shit about someone and they walk in. You know, who also hmm, was on another end of a recording device and suddenly had nothing to say when the moment was important. (sighs) Wow. The, uh, what's his name? The villain in this movie. Kurt. Kurt? Kurt? Yeah, Kurt's, Kurt something with a G at the end. Oh, yeah, because it was Crazy Kurt was the, um. Really? Well, no, no, no. The the person who was, uh, homeless, who was like, hey, Kurt, they're looking oh, for yes. you, you crazy Kurt. Crazy, like, crazy old movies. Crazy old Kurt. <laughs> Killing children with his bare hands. Kurt. Oh. Kurt Duncan. So no G. Anywhere, actually, in that name. You know, D, G. <laughs> Ever since Disney made that signature, N really is the G of letters. Yeah. <laughs> oh, hi. Hi. There's a microphone here. It's actually true. And okay. we are Halloweeners, a horror movie podcast. I'm Cody. I'm Kira. And uh, we're talking about When a Stranger Calls, 1979, mm-hmm. uh, which is based off of a short film called The Sitter, oh. made by the same... Um, creative team, essentially. Oh, and I, to my understanding, maybe we should have watched it before we started talking. <laughs> I meant to, to, I meant to, well, okay. Oh, you're right. I, not that I didn't believe <laughs> you, but it's fun to learn things on mic as they're happening in real time. <laughs> yeah, I know. It's, it's a short, I think it's literally like 20 minutes. And I 21 minutes. I'm calling the Wikipedia. Yeah. Um, but I believe it's just like the first, you know. Well, that's the, the first, first act. Which yes. Is, you know. Kind of the the, best, the part. best part of the movie, and to the point where, so I had seen the 2006 remake when I was in you that know, sentence, whatever. Sorry, that phrase 2006 remake. I can just there's an aesthetic I can already tell. Orange, everything is orange. Side part, lots of layers to the spaghetti clothes. straps. Right, emaciated looking, low rise, <laughs> and a lot of talk in this movie about home phone versus cell phone. And like the main point, okay. I'm I rewatched the remake yesterday. Oh, um, before I recording, see it. I'm sure it's it was terrible. fucking terrible. Like oh. worse than I thought it would be. Nice. So basically, the remake is just the first twenty minutes of the original movie. It is just okay. the babysitter in this house getting these calls. Ring ring. And in my head, I was kind of surprised to remember. To like watching the new one, I I was surprised by that fact because I was like. Well, I don't, what do they do to like expand it to like make this twenty minute segment full length movie? Mm-hmm. First of all, the new one is only an hour and twenty minutes, so it is it's like seventy five minutes long basically, mm-hmm. and it still felt like stretched out. It's mostly just her oh, really? walking around the house, like going like hello, hello, and like answering the phone. Girl. She goes also really bad. Sorry to that actress. I don't know your name. Sorry to that actress. Sorry, it wasn't your fault, probably. No, she took a gig. Listen. We were. I was watching it while Zach was like doing a workout in the room next door, and he kept like laughing at <laughs> the way she would deliver lines. Do you have an example? Oh, it was eighty percent of her dialogue is going. Who's there? Oh. Hello. And also, a lot of the dialogue was lifted wholesale from this original movie and just placed into that one, which okay. immediately makes you compare this poor actress to Carol Kane, yeah. who's amazing in this movie. She really is. Shout yeah. out. Shout out Carol Kane. But anyway, so I see I had seen the remake when I was a kid when it came out. Yeah. And that was my knowledge of the movie. So then when I watched this new one and there's it that's the first of 
basically like three structured acts of this of the original film. Mm-hmm. It's very surprising. Just the fact that there are there's more to the movie than just the the first segment, I which see. is like the most famous part, obviously. I mean, I thought that too, and I didn't. I had no reference before seeing this movie, um, other than like the cultural reference that it's had. Yes, of uh, the original when a stranger calls. Mm-hmm. I mean. I've always known the there's a call coming from inside the house and the yes. you know that whole um, spiel, but I also thought the whole movie was this first act of you know her babysitting. But it does expand. We see what the killer does with his free time. Oh no, because he escapes from an, an insane asylum. Escapes or is let go? He escapes. No, he escapes, right. Mama. Yeah, we don't know how. Even though he is a frail, quite small man. Skinny man. Yeah. Somehow he gets out, and yeah, and, um, yeah, and then the, it's seven years later, and we see Carol Kane's character, you know, just kind of vibing seven yeah. years later after being part of uh, a whole. Well, I guess we should get into the beginning of it. Yes, before we do, that. let's go over what we've been watching. Yeah. What's, oh my god, what scary you. movies we watched lately that uh, aren't being covered on the podcast? Oh my gosh, you go first. Okay, I have a few. So since we last recorded, I watched a movie from the fifties called The Night of the Hunter. Oh. Which is an early kind of serial killer sociopathy study before those were even, like, known terms to the general populace. It's about a guy who shows up and, like, hears that there is a, like, large sum of money buried somewhere. So he does the logical thing, marries the widow of the guy who in jail told him that because it's on their property and starts, like, insinuating himself in their lives and, like, her kid's life. And he's, like, a con artist, so he's oh. really good at manipulating. Okay. It's great. It's, like, a classic. <laughs> it's it's from the 50s, but it has all these modern... Like, it looks like another movie from the era. It's, like, really, like, stagey almost, like, the sets. Like, almost, like, theatrical sets. But it's obviously not a play. I don't know what I'm saying. <laughs> anyway, it's totally worth watching. Loved it. I showed Zach Rear Window for the first time. Ooh. Hitchcock movie. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Spooky. Incredible movie. Obviously, yeah. check it out if you haven't. Um, mm-hmm. Really effective, voyeuristic POV mm-hmm. filmmaking, which is scary. Like, you, you, there's only so much you can do from across the courtyard watching something awful happen. It really feels like living in a city. Right. Yes. Yeah. We watched a movie called Near Dark. It was a vampire movie from the 80s. Ooh. Starring Bill Paxton. Oh. And, um... It's a movie, one of those movies that never uses the word vampire, you know, but they're clearly doing, like, vampiric activities. This one really weaponizes their inability to go outside. Like, the second they step outside, they, like, burst into flames or, like, catch on fire. So there's a lot of scenes of them, like, running with blankets over them while they're on fire. <laughs> it was really gnarly and, like, very 80s schlocky. I really liked it. Uh, we watched a pair of scary 90s paranoid movies. One was a uh, single white female. Oh, I've and never seen that. It was good. Uh, yeah. That's where Jennifer Jason Lee gets becomes the roommate to a woman and starts like copying her. Yeah. Getting her haircut and all that. And then there's The Hand That Rocks the Cradle is the other one, which is about a woman who insinuates herself again into somebody's into a family's life mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. as a nanny to like fuck okay. over their lives because this isn't a spoiler, it's the first five minutes. The mother of this family was groped by the husband of this woman who insinuates herself into his life into their life because he is an OBGYN and she's pregnant so he was like doing a test and yeah anyway so this doctor kills himself and the wife is like trying to get her revenge by again getting herself into this family's life and like ruining it from the inside while like as a nanny so it's a lot of like okay gotcha 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 gotcha. trying to seduce the husband trying to fuck up the the like little girl like mess up their friends and just like 
those kind of movies, like single white female, the movie you're describing, I they stress me out. They're stressful. Um, they both were kind of silly, but Hand the Rocks the Cradle was the better one. That was, mm. that was pretty good. Um, yeah, and that's that's it. I mean, I except for the remake of When Stranger Calls, I watched that. It wasn't very good. <laughs> Don't recommend. I since we last chatted watched Um Umma, which is yes, Sandra yes. O. U M M A. Yeah, yeah, yeah. How was it? It was good. I think it was well done, but <laughs> no, I just wasn't. Maybe I wasn't paying as much attention to it, but I wasn't obsessed with it um, as a whole. It was well done, but I did not get too much excitement out of it. Yeah. But well acted, and I think could be a little ooky spooky. I remember wanting to see it because I love Sandra Oh, and I was yeah. like, oh, a new perspective for a horror movie, at least not that one that I've seen. And then everybody I know saw it said it was disappointing. Oh, so okay. So I just kind of skipped it. Yeah. We, John and I watched Dead Ringers, the original oh, 1980. Oh, yeah. Uh-huh. Directed by David Cronenberg. Okay. Jeremy Irons playing twins. Ooh, twins. And twins. And he does a, <laughs> he's so good in it. He's playing two different people. You know, obviously they're twins. They're related. But they're two different people. <laughs> oh, twins are <laughs> different people. Thank you. Um, but, but, but they're like, it, there's scenes where he's literally in the same shot talking to himself and like having a full conversation like that. without cuts and like... It was so well done. It's it's not horror in the sense of like, it's not super horrific, but it is very suspenseful and like unsettling. Oh, so that but so that was really enjoyable and just like a wild, just a wild I time. I love it. I highly recommend. Have you seen it? Uh, no, I've seen most of David Cronenberg's stuff, and I kind of love everything he does. Everything he does, I think, could fit in the horror realm maybe mm-hmm. maybe not everything but like a lot of it because it is so on the fringes of what is good or decent in society even his movies that are grounded and realistic like a history of violence which came out of, like in the 2000s which is just about a, uh, a like secret hitman i think it's been a while oh. mm-hmm. but it's still uh, it plays in thriller elements like it looks or feels like a horror film at times, even if it's not. Yeah, that's kind of like this movie. Yeah. Highly recommend. I want to see it. Um, and then another movie, last one I want to bring up, it's called Soft and Quiet. Have you heard about this know. movie? Okay. It's all, it was on Netflix, uh-huh. and it is one, looks like it's one shot, shot in real time. So that was really well done. It was really well acted. However, I missed something really important. <laughs> At the um, on Netflix, when before you watch a movie, it uh-huh. kind of tells you what it's about. Yeah. It also mentioned, "Hey, this movie has sexual violence and racial violence." Got it. And I did not see that part. That was surprising for me. Sure. Um, and it is well done in that it is believable. Uh, those scenes, so it is scary in that sense. Sure, real um, life is scary. Really well done, but also. Not sure if it was enjoyable because it was so um, yeah well done. Like the first like twenty minutes was really exciting because I didn't know, have no clue where, what the story was going to be or what it was going to be about, and like the reveal of it was very shocking and I guess kind of fun as a viewer. But yeah, it gets it gets kind of intense. Yeah, I'm good. Yeah, I it's, it's exactly it's like I have no reason to be like go see it because right. it is a little traumatic not that i personally actively avoid things that feature thematic elements like that but if i don't feel inclined to watch it or people are not telling me oh you have to see it i'm probably gonna right i'm good it's like that movie the nightingale that came out a few years ago was directed by the same woman who directed the babadook which i 
loved. Okay. So I was like, I really want to see that because like I, it was, she's one of those directors who was I was like, the next thing she does, I will definitely see it. <laughs> and this was the next thing she did, and I heard it was just like. 20 minute salt scene or something and I was just like I just don't need to see that even though it's getting good reviews yeah. I'm I can't see my life being bettered by that not not that there's <laughs> yeah. not a place for that type of type of art and I'm glad if people got something out of it more power to them but I'm good that's like me with Clockwork Orange I'm like I don't I'll, disagree I'm, I'm okay we watched that kind of recently because we were going through all of Stanley Kubrick's movies and okay. I, yeah. I it is a good movie I can, like, identify that. Like, it is well-made and well-acted, and what it's saying about society is worth visiting. Okay. Especially in the way it's told. But, same thing. Those, like, those first 20 minutes where it's just them being, like, awful, for lack of a better word, like, violent sexual hooligans. I just, (laughs) I I see the purpose, and I'm sure in 1971 that was hugely... I'm sure it was almost strangely thrilling to see that depicted on screen unvarnished because they were just coming out of the age of censorship. Mm-hmm. So the ability to show such awful things and like make commentary on them rather than having it be in- insinuated is a step in the like positive direction for art because I don't think anything in art should be censored. But at the same time, doesn't mean I need to see it. I don't need to look at it. Yeah, right. My life is not made better by looking at it. Work. Not a horror movie, but I did watch a little bit of, there's like an Army Hammer docuseries. Oh, yes. House of Hammer, right? Yeah, which I'm like, don't give it a name like that, because that sounds like fun. (laughs) Sounds like ball culture. (laughs) House of Hammer sounds like a fucking incredible (laughs) ball house (laughs) group. But, I mean, it's it's, Hammer. Like, we're going to hammer you, We're going to slam. We're going to hammer it up. We're going to eat cannibalism. Anyway. Stupid. But I mean, he, he, I didn't realize he came from like this whole family and they're all crazy. Armin Hammer, yeah. And stupid. That's really a stupid name. Armin Hammer. And he found the American Communist Party. Oh, it's like, that's why it's, that's why it's like a, an Armin Hammer. A communist iconography. But then I'm like, where's, how about the toothpaste, mama? <laughs> Where does she lie in all this? What's how her about take on a it? toothpaste? What, she's being real quiet about communism. <laughs> Be talking to a toothpaste. Too. I'm brushing my teeth, cleaning my mouth. Where's what? What is coming out of your mouth? Okay, I was gonna go with like uh, some about red <laughs> okay. gums and like your gums should oh. be red because of how like, is that better? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't say it was better. I'm just saying that's what I was thinking. Just another option. Another <laughs> vibe. No bad ideas. Nobody's oh. gonna hear this. It's okay. Oops. No way it's being published for anybody to hear. Okay, anyway. but shall we get into it? Yeah, let's talk about what happens. What do you do when a stranger calls? You hang up the phone. That's the thing. This is no longer a movie that could be made. And said well, the that, that part. Well, so because when I get a number that I don't know, I don't answer the phone. <laughs> but also, we live in, in this. This movie takes place in a world where people aren't locking doors. People aren't even closing doors. We have Carol Kane in the beginning as a babysitter. She didn't even lock the door until she f- felt threatened. And as we know, oh, too late. Well, maybe they we don't. He's know. in the house. Listeners, hear me out. So she's babysitting. And uh, she keeps getting calls. And the stranger on the line says, have you checked the children? Right. And you think... Which is a reasonable request. Because guess what she hasn't done? She hasn't done that. Check the children. children. Well, she gets there and the parents are like, don't check the children. True. (laughs) They're asleep. I still would like check in like an hour. She's like, I'm getting mixed messages here. The parents said, don't check them. This stranger (laughs) on the phone saying, check them. What's a girl to do? Let me check Better call the cops. (laughs) Right. And then, of course, the cops go... Eh. Blow a whistle in his ear? That'll make him stop. That's kind of funny, though. She doesn't I do it, I kind of wish she did. I know. Or she just goes... She just starts screaming into the phone. Right. What if she had, like, perfect whistle tone? And just, like... Mariah? 
Oh my God, Winter Stranger calls the reboot with Mariah Carey. Mariah Carey. She's also the voice on the phone. <laughs> <laughs> it's a real Dead Ringer situation. Oh my God. Someone write this. Please make Dead this Ringers, phones ring. <laughs> like, you know, whistle tone. It sounds like we're on Coke pitching this, but we're not. We're not. We're just had ice. We, had, we did have cold we're, brew. <laughs> we're just had. That's we're good. just had cold brew. Oh yeah, have you checked the children? And she, finally she calls the police. Please say, uh, okay, fine, fine. We'll... Maybe we'll we'll let Trace you know the next call. time. Yeah, yeah. Try to keep him on the phone, and she's like, "Well, I'm scared, but that's fine." Um, also, Carol Kane. Let us just say, such a great performance. Yes, she's 27. Baby, already been nominated for an Oscar. Not for this. <laughs> a few years before. So, uh, I mean, maybe you can pull up her IMDb mm-hmm. page, but it's I've I know her mostly for just being silly. Yes, me too. So, has a majority of her work f- after this movie been silly? So, <laughs> the question. Okay, so she does a bunch of movies in the 70s. She's in, like, dramatic movies for the most part. She's in, like, Carnal Knowledge, which is an early Mike Nichols movie. And she's in Hester Street, which is her Oscar nomination, where she plays a Jewish immigrant. Okay. And she's in Dog Day Afternoon, which is this incredible bank heisty movie. Wait, she's in Dog Day Afternoon? Yeah, apparently. As... Somebody named it Jenny. Maybe she's working in the bank. I haven't seen yeah, it in years. Like a it's a great movie, though. Yeah. She's in Annie Hall, apparently. I don't remember her in that. Okay. Um, she's in The Muppet Movie. Oh, and then okay, I think I remember that. She's in this when a stranger calls. That's all from before a stranger calls. Uh huh. Oh my god. Yeah, incredible. And then let's see when she starts because her big thing after that is yes, the TV show Taxi. Right, which with is Danny DeVito comedy. and yes, uh, okay. Judd Hirsch. Jeff Conway was on it. I Andy think? Kaufman. Uh, Jeff Conway, Conway. Yeah, that's 1980, and that's a comedy. She, and that's a comedy. She wins an Emmy for Outstanding Actress in a Comedy Girl. a few times, actually. Girl. So, like, I think after that, she started okay. to get into her comedic bag. Because then she's Work. in... Um, I The first thing I ever saw her in, which was The Princess Bride. She's in... Oh, is she in The Princess Bride? She is... Do you remember that scene where Billy Crystal's there for, like, one scene as, like, this old wizard? Yeah, like, she's you know, he's, like, an old man. She's his wife in that. Oh. And she comes out and she's like, you're scamming them. It's a good scene. She's really good in it. It's a good scene. It's a good scene. Uh, stop saying it's not. Oh, <laughs> you in court. Um, yeah, she's in The Princess Bride. She's in Scrooge. Wow. She's the ghost yeah, of Christmas that. Present. Mm-hmm. Uh, she's in... She, dare I say, Booked and Blessed. Adam's Family Values as the grandma. What? Yeah. Wait, the movie? That's her? The sequel, not the first one. Oh, I'm sorry. You just say Values. Values. Oh, was it? Oh, okay. Yeah, and then she's just kind of like in a bunch of comedy stuff. Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt. Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt, of course, most recently. Yeah, so she really pivoted, but I mean, she succeeds in both realms. That's the thing, is like, she can be so funny, and she's also such a great, I mean, in this movie, you know, we'll get to it, but later, when she's, it's seven years later, and she thinks her kids are being attacked, and she's like crying in the restaurant. Yes, yes, it's great. (laughs) I love it. I I love when she's upset. (laughs) It's the kind of acting in a horror movie that's almost like, too good because the movie around it i like the movie it is very 70s like low budget mm-hmm. uh looking and feeling and then she's like so good that you're kind of nervous for her because <laughs> yeah. you're existing in this schlocky world and you want some you would assume the performance would be something like and i love this performance obviously something like jamie lee curtis in the first halloween which is mm-hmm. she's really good yeah but she's pitched right where the movie is which is okay unpolished i would say okay and again one of my favorite movies of all time. Love her in the movie. Iconic. But Carol Kane's doing something much more grounded and based in reality here. It feels much more like, I don't know, New York theatery. Mm, you know? Okay. I, that's an interesting take. 
I can see that. I can see where you're coming from. Mm-hmm. And this definitely has, you know, parallels to Halloween. Absolutely. For sure. Which came out the year before. Yeah. So, I mean, not Huge a good hit. time to get be a babysitter. Well, the thing... <laughs> Seriously. They're clearly also borrowing from Black Christmas, which also yes. has the whole subplot of the guy calling and leaving obscene phone calls and breathing. <laughs> so yeah, 70s, not a good time to be a babysitter. <laughs> <laughs> um, they just did not give a shit back that shit back then. They did not give yeah. a shit back then about like locking doors and stuff. Yeah, yeah. And then that leads to there's like the hard swing of when we were growing up of like stranger danger and like paranoia, yes. which I think again was overcranked. And I see it swinging in that direction again now that everybody has, like, ring doorbells and, like, everybody's scared to, like, you know, you hear about people, like, getting shot for knocking on doors and shit. It's just, like... But anyway, in the 70s, people didn't know what locks were, apparently. (laughs) Well, so... Oh, so finally, the police give the call back to her. Yes, and guess what? And they say, you're never gonna believe this. Girl, sit down. What did I have to tell you? I can't remember. Oh, that's right. right. The call (laughs) is coming coming from inside inside the house. house. (laughs) And she goes... And he's like... Oh, how are you doing? Hey! I like, shit, what I was supposed It'll oh come to Oh my god. Me. Did Give I tell you who died the other day? My great aunt Carol. <laughs> oh my god. Anyway, so the kids are dead. Anyway, um, so the children. <laughs> so she uh, has a great reaction and he, the, the police on the other line is like, you gotta get out of there, you gotta get out of there. It's an iconic moment. Yeah. And I was reading, apparently it, that exact line is said in Black Christmas, which I don't have memory of, but I love that movie. So. Ooh, we'll have to look into it. Right. And I mean, this whole thing of the calls com- coming from inside the house has been urban legend for a mm, long time. That's a good point. But I feel like this movie really crystallized it in Amber as like the thing you can point to and be like, that's like when a stranger calls because mm, it's mm-hmm. just so much part of the plot. Very true. It's great. It's scary. It is. Oh, well, because that's the scary part is so she went, when she's trying to escape the house she, and, you know, she's getting stuck on the lock or whatever and she sees very much uh, Nosferatu-esque. Yes. She sees a, a shadow, shadow coming from the top of the stairwell, which is horrifying. And no, thanks. Um, yeah. And so we learn that sadly this chap, Kurt, Duncan. Yeah. Right. Because I kept joking Kirk Douglas. Because um, I'm so funny. And um, he murdered these two yes. children with his bare hands. That's the thing. The police, we get a jump to the police being there. Mm-hmm. And they're like, "Was where's hey. the murder weapon? Okay. That's the thing. There was none. Oh my God. You want to know? No murder. Crazy. Weapon. Guess what she did? Guess what she did? She's unpredictable and wild. She tore them apart. <laughs> Kurt Duncan. <laughs> Guess yeah. what this girl did? Guess what she did today? Well, and they say like they were torn apart, which is like, ugh. like yeah, he really wild. went wild. Yeah, also, there, we missed another scary line during one of these phone calls. She <gasps> finally goes, "What do you want?" And yes. he says, "Your blood all over me," which is specific. Specific. Uh, Non-consensual. No, no. She did ask what he wanted, so you know he's being mm-hmm. honest. Yeah, your blood all over me, and he says it, it just didn't like happen that, really casually. So. All's well. The kids, yeah. not so much. They did not. They didn't have such a happy, happy Girl, ending. They did. They did. No good. In the remake, the kids don't die. Well, then what's the point? Just kidding. Nothing happens. He kills like one of her random friends who goes to check on her. It's really dumb. Okay. So you don't even see it happen. Are... And okay. well, the wild Let's thing about off. this movie is there's no on-screen violence shown. You see very good, and point. you barely see the results it's a lot of implications Mm, and conversations mm -hmm. you know there's one quick flashback when there's a scene where kurt in the second chunk of the movie which we're about to talk about is looking in a mirror naked and like Mm -hmm. reflecting on reflecting on his (laughs) look at me i will never pass and you see a flash of him in the kids room i think with blood on him but you don't like see him doing the thing it's Mm -hmm. like really quick and then in the third part 
you see the husband like fall out of a closet unconscious, but you don't see him get like bonked on the head or anything. True. So yeah. it's all implication, but it feels yeah. like such an adult movie because it's so. I think because they are telling, not showing, they can make the violence that's talked about even more horrifying. Like tearing okay, children totally. apart with your bare hands. It's a lot. Not good. Yeah. It's a lot. Right, exactly. It's not like Halloween where you see them die, but it's not just, but like it's a strangulation scene or something mm-hmm. like that. And it's also not a child. I guess they're technically children legally because they're like 16 or 17 year old oh, girls. True. But there's right. a difference. Yeah. 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 There's a difference. Teens, if they die, I don't care. Kids. <laughs> they can die how they <laughs> just want. Just kidding. Um, so then the second part of the movie, it jumps mm-hmm. ahead. Seven years. Seven yeah. years. And he's escaped. He's escaped. This part I think we can just get through real fast. It is yeah. weird. But I love the woman that he's stalking. <laughs> yes. The actress' name is Colin, Colleen Dewhurst. Mm. I knew. I know her name. I knew her. She's that bit. She's that girl. She's that girl. She's that girl. I knew she were. <laughs> Stupid. She was like a Shakespearean actor in New York. Oh, uh, okay. She won a bunch of Tony Awards. She's on TV. She's, done, she's won Emmy Awards. Word. So I think she's more of a TV stage versus film actor. But gotcha. Yeah. Uh, she... Uh, she was president of Actress Equity for a few years. Were led with an iron fist. I guess so. Well, she died in office. Oh, so. it, she died in office? Like, while she was still president. Okay. In her office. <laughs> I don't know where she died. <laughs> but, yeah, uh, it's, it's a weird jump in time, and all of a sudden this movie becomes this kind of grimy, neo-noir, 70s detective story. Yeah, isn't the city gross? Yeah, where Charles Durning's this detective who gets hired by the dad of these kids i think i don't know to find this sure. guy and we see so we equally follow the killer and mm-hmm. the detective we yeah. see a lot of time with this killer living you know off the grid before that was a term <laughs> homeless and kind of just wandering around oh my God. bothering this woman at the bar yeah she eventually links up with the de- detective and they work together to find him yeah it doesn't work i guess well no uh uh, uh. Uh, uh, oh, you're right, because she, the, the second section, time, yeah. yeah, he comes into her house and she just goes, no. Yeah. What did you think of this part of the movie? Because the first time I watched the movie, which was a few years ago, again, my memory of this story is the call is coming from inside the house, is taken from, you know, my memory of it is from the remake, which is just that section. Okay. So this, where the movie pivots and suddenly it's like set in the city and mm-hmm. it's like a detective story. Really weird. It, like, took me by surprise. And it's, like, a 45-minute chunk of the movie. It's not quick. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's the thing, is, like, it makes the movie feel longer somehow. Yeah. I do like that, to an extent, we're seeing, I guess, life from the killer's point of view. Mm-hmm. And it's interesting to see, like, how is he trying to, like, get his, you know, groove. Right. How is he satisfying his urges in different ways? Yeah. yeah. And this woman's, like, not having it. So that's also kind of fun to see. Whereas Carol Kane, I was yeah. like, I don't know. I was thinking Her name is name. Jill? Candy Kane. Jill Johnson. Um, whereas her character, you know, when he's stalking her initially in the beginning of the movie, she's, um, she's very young and, like, clearly terrified. And this grown-ass woman is like, I'm not really afraid of you. I feel bad that you got your ass kicked trying to hit on me. But she's not afraid of him until... She needs to be afraid right, of Right, right. I mean, he... He enters her home. Girl, oh, my God. We do girl, talk about this scene. Yeah. The, so, okay. So, he, this this Kurt guy is bothering her in a bar. 
I don't want to say, like, in a typical way, but, like, it's, you know, she's kind of just being bothered by him. Yeah. In the way that a lot of women throughout history have been. It's, it's nothing new. Yeah, he's, like, just, he, you know, it starts with, like, can I light your cigarette? Can I buy you a can drink? Can I drink? No, you thank know, you. Blah, blah, Sitting blah. next to her. Yeah. Is he bothering you is, like, you know, the, what the guy says that mm-hmm. saves the day. He gets kicked out of this bar, basically. Mm-hmm. This guy beats him up. All seems well. This woman goes to her apartment. Mm-hmm. He's there in the hallway. What does she do? Again, not to victim blame. Oh my God. But it turns out okay for her. She doesn't... Right, but in the moment, it's very... that I would say this scene is kind of fun and scary because it is so... Because we're seeing a lot of shots of, like, her apartment. We're seeing uh-huh. that the door is open, that she's seeing him in front of her door, and she's like, okay, leave me alone, bud. Like, I'm she, good. She and even... Then, sorry, go ahead. I was gonna say, well, then she goes answer the phone. We see the door is still open, but the camera follows her to the phone. Oh, that's good. And sees Oof. that, like, she's like, yeah, come on over, whatever the fuck. And then, of course, it, when she turns around, Kurt is right behind her. And she's like, you can't be in here. She is in the door, talking to Kurt, <laughs> and... She's almost being apologetic. I think it's yeah. it's it's a actually quite good subtle writing because it I feel like a lot of women throughout history have and are taught to apologize for all things basically. Yes. And this situation is this fight was involved her because it yeah. was in her honor. I'm using quotation marks. So she clearly feels a weird sense of not guilt exactly, but mm-hmm. she needs to apologize and be nice to this guy because he was beat up because of her in quotation marks. Yeah. So in that sense, I think it is a well done scene, and it's, I feel like you hear a lot of stories about like, especially back then, women who were killed or had like something happen to them, and it's a lot of situations like that where it's like, well, she let him in the house, or she was talking to him, or something like that. Mm-hmm. Again, because of the societal pressure to be nice, be nice, be good, yeah, uh, especially to men. So it's the scene where she's talking in the door to Kurt, and she's kind of like, oh, you know, sorry, are you okay? Blah blah. And she hears the phone ring, and she goes, one second. And it's like, no, that's the perfect opportunity. You just go, oh, I gotta go. Slam. Yeah, right. But Close door lock she it. leaves the door open. And again, it's this mindset that is frustrating to witness, but very truthful, I mm-hmm. think. Very, very true to life. So, yeah. Oof. And then, like, later after she finally gets him out of the apartment and he's like, I'll be back or something. She closes the door and then she's st- standing by the door and she sees the knobs yep. start turning because he's trying to get back in. It's just horrifying. It's also like, but you were just in here. Uh, well, yeah. Wait. But still, it's scary. <laughs> Just wait till I Chill fall asleep. Out. Exactly. I will sleep and probably leave the door unlocked because oh it's the seventies. Seriously. <laughs> At that point, she hooks up. With, not hooks up, but she teams up yes, with the yes. detective, and so they're Links like, up. The, "Yeah, she's like, he'll probably follow me again, uh-huh. so we'll, we'll keep an eye out for him." And the second time around, we see her walking home from the bar. She loves that bar, Torchies. Torchies. Yeah. Uh, that's the thing is, she's like, "Why do I keep coming here?" <laughs> but it's her. <laughs> Which bar. I love that energy. It's her bar, and clearly, financially, she's not making the most money. And this is clearly yeah. a divey bar where she probably can, and she seems to have some sort of dependency. So this is a way for her to yeah. live her life in the, within her means. And you know what? It's in walking distance for the most part to her place. Whatever. True. Go off. Oh, okay. So the second time around, and we go into her apartment, and we the it's building up we have a feeling he might be close by but we haven't seen Kurt yet and we see like her closet door and we're so we're thinking he's in there and then she mm-hmm. she's coming through and she's goes into the living room and i think maybe she's on the phone or something and then he, she turns around and he's immediately there so you yeah, know Get out of here. I mean, I'm not giving I'm not giving a proper credit, but I mean, it's a shame because I feel like to get to these scenes, it like takes a while and the yeah. pacing seems slow. But in those moments, 
Um, like this in the earlier scene where, you know, he's trying to get it. He comes into her apartment. It's just so spooky and scary. It's a very patient movie. And it it, it, mm, okay. it doesn't feel... this. The second act, I keep calling it, I feel like in my head the movie is so clearly divided into yeah. the first act, which is Carol Kane, babysitter. Mm-hmm. Second act, which is all this detective stuff. And then the third act, which is Carol Kane again. And this whole second <laughs> act feels like something out of, like... I watch a lot of 70s, like, crime movies, and Mm -hmm. it feels like that. Like, almost like French Connection or something like that. Mm, Okay. It's very gritty, for lack of a better word, and, like, set in the, like, grimy city. Yeah, totally. (laughs) I think think it's L.A., I assume. Sure. (laughs) I have no idea. Yeah. So, I guess they don't catch him, because then we cut to, like you said, Carol Kane, Jill Johnson is now out to dinner. She has two kids She has two kids of her own. She's much like the two kids in the first part. I wonder if she named them after them. I hope not. Well, as like a respect thing. Yeah, but then every time you look at your kids, I don't know. <laughs> Straight people have done weirder things. That's true. I was going to think of a joke and I was like, that's just a fact. <laughs> <laughs> not a joke, just a fact. Straight people have done weirder things. <laughs> yeah, I guess so. Like in birth like you. that. Oh. <laughs> just On my birthday? It's not my birthday. Oh my god, but it's soon. <laughs> soon. Like a, it, was, it was a month from two days ago. <laughs> Listeners, if you figure out what day we're recording, you can yeah. figure that out. Maybe you'll remember all day. I was just kind of give a hint. That's Memorial Day. It is Memorial Day right now. I'm yes. so sorry. Okay. Speaking anyway, of memorizing. Speaking of remembering um, things. So she goes out and she's like checking on with the the babysitter. Right, she's they go like, to dinner. Mm-hmm. She's like, you know, 911, you know, check on the kids, blah, blah, blah. So they go Please to dinner. Please check on the kids. Don't Please. don't wait till a stranger asks you to. <laughs> Seriously. Um, she goes out to dinner with her husband. We she like, goes, oh, and when a stranger calls, here's what you do. <laughs> Call the police. You call the police. Um, she goes out to dinner with her husband. We learn that her husband just got a big promotion. So, like, she's getting yeah, the money. Yeah, her husband has really big curly 70s hair. Yes, which later... Um, <laughs> right. We'll talk about that later. Um, and so then the, the, she gets, they get a call at the restaurant and she takes the call. Yeah. And he goes, have you checked on the children? And she goes, oh. Oh, thank you so much. I did. Yeah. You know what? We have a babysitter. So thank you. So actually you should ask her. No, she starts <laughs> screaming. She causes a scene. Understandable. It's a good scene. It's a it really is. good acting beat for her. Um, yes. People in the restaurant are like, oh shit. <laughs> useless. The people in the restaurant are actually useless. They didn't know what to do back then. And uh, so they end up going back to the house anyway. And then he's there. It's, it's, there. He's fine. No, it, no it's, it's fine. Oh, where? No, it's She fine. goes into her kid's bedroom right. and they're like, what's up? Oh, we're sleeping. You just left. How was dinner? You didn't eat it yet? Oh, I just took an did, edible. Did you dine and dash again? Did you dine and dash again? <laughs> I just took an edible. <laughs> oh, right. So she gets there and the kids are fine. They are all's good. Right. And then they just go to bed as if that's... Well, no. Explained. What happens is she checks her son and she's like, wait, why is there... <gasps> no! Why is Sorry. there... It's okay. It's a good, it's a it good moment. Yeah, I, I grabbed Cody she's and like, shook him. That's why, I, I was shook. <laughs> why is there... Why the fuck is there a sticky popsicle on you, freakazoid? Oh my god. And he goes, I didn't put that there. In the original babysitter scene in the beginning, okay. seven years before, okay. she takes a popsicle out of the freezer and eats it. Oh, right, And it's right. identical. It's like a chocolate popsicle. And she puts together, uh-oh, some, the killer put this here as like a fun like mind game thing. So she <laughs> or like, probably just to be like, shh, here's some candy, don't worry about me sneaking around your house. Maybe. I read it as, like, he's fucking with Carol Kane. Well, that too. But kids will be bribed. I'll be bribed. <laughs> kids be, be bribed. Kids, kids do be bribed. <laughs> <laughs> and she goes to bed. Again, insane. Gets in bed. This yeah. seems scary. 
Yeah. She hears like whispering. He's Girl. going like, you can't see me, but I can see you. And you look And great. you see that there's two things she starts focusing on. Yeah. There's the closet door, which mm-hmm. is slightly ajar. Mm-hmm. You can't see what's in there. Mm-hmm. And there's the hallway outside the door. Her bedroom door is open. And it's like immediately leads to a staircase. And it's also like shadowy. And she's like, fuck. <laughs> Shit, god damn oh, he got me. He's somewhere. And so she's freaking out. She's looking between the two places. It's very tense, very scary. Yeah. And so she like grabs her husband next to her. Mm-hmm. But guess who? He's not your I forgot about this. It's it got me. It's scary because yeah. he goes like, <sighs> "Yeah, it's scary." Yeah, and she looks freaked out. And then, um, I think he. She, oh God, he somehow gets her on the ground, and he's like pulling at her nightgown, mm-hmm. and it does seem a little scary at first. And then we hear pew pew pew. Yeah, shot in the shot through the heart by um, what's his face? Charles Durning. Yeah. Right? Yeah, and so it we find out that the husband's okay. He just is was in the closet, but a little knocked out. And yeah, the closet opens. He kind of just like tumbles out. But he's breathing. Thank he's God. He's but good. then my favorite part of the movie. Yes. What's his name? Char- the guy who, whose uh, name? The, the, the detective. The detective whose name you just said um, goes to check on the husband and goes like, okay, he's alive. But then gives him a little like he like strokes his strokes hair. his hair <laughs> for a second. His beautiful seventies hair. Like, oh my God! I remember when I had this kind oh of hair God. when I was in my hold 30s. on to this while you can. <laughs> oh my God! Let me tell you. Uh, marriage will make you lose your hair. <laughs> Ma'am, there's a dead person. Anyway, so, and that's kind of the end. The yeah. Movie. It's great. Like, her family's fine. This man is now dead in her house. And she just has to keep on living life. She is now traumatized forever. Yeah, Every she's phone call, before. she's never gone out to dinner again. Oh my God. They're gonna be one of those families that bring their kids everywhere. Or she's so gonna annoying. So yeah. Annoying. Or she pivots hard into like, well, it already happened to me. It's not gonna happen again. She becomes a mess. She's a mess. <laughs> <laughs> oh, she's, a stranger called her and now she's a mess. <laughs> Little observations. I've said this on the podcast before. <gasps> my least favorite thing in movies, people with shoes on, on couches, oh, on beds. God. And she is part of the problem. Her house. It's not even your house. Jesus. I don't know if the 70s were not a very shoes off in the house kind of time. <laughs> anyway. No manners, no locks. Also, she has her textbooks, and they have. We both reacted to this. <gasps> yes. They have the paper bag covers where mm-hmm. you take the you know, paper bag from the grocery store and you make a little book cover. Amazing. This is pre book sock era. Oh my god, the book socks. Remember her? I do. Those are fun. Mm-hmm. The That's simple right. things. The simple things. The killer's therapist. We go to. We there's a scene where the detective goes to the. I assume asylum mm-hmm. where this guy was living, and the killer. <laughs> I was living. What am I going to say it? Uh, the killer's doctor. Her name is Dr. Monk. Like that TV show, Monk. Oh, right. <laughs> Stupid. Um, that's right, right, right. I don't remember too much of that scene. It was... The whole second part is weird. It's, like, heavily plotted, whereas the first and the third parts are more kind of just, like... Moving. Moving and yeah, grooving. There's not a lot of dialogue, obviously. The first part is mostly just a one-woman show, so... We've had a lot of talk in this episode about the 70s culture of not locking your doors, yes. things like that. yes. Early in this the pod the days of this podcast, we have, we like to say the seventies were very bad, and I st- I stand by that in a lot of ways. Chief among them, maybe not chief among them, but like high high among them is the interior decorating, the <laughs> the things we are buying to put in our house oh, okay. and look at every single day. Oh, which okay. is a big decision. Yes, <laughs> the children's room in the third part of the movie. Tell me about it. It's white wallpaper with green leaf patterns. Okay. A really deep green. Not bad on its own, but wait. <laughs> the beds. The actual 
headboards and stuff of the beds are like a lemon yellow and the sheets match that. But also on the bed are green blankets. So the blankets okay. match the wallpaper. <laughs> Do the blankets match the wallpaper? And, <laughs> <Wow>. <laughs> and the beds are this like sickly yellow. It is horrible. It's disgusting. I don't like it. I remember the man Dracca's house. There was like just like tablecloths that were really tacky. And the just, first place? Yeah, the yeah. first house. Like just a lot of questionable choices. <sighs> That's all I have on the movie, but I do want to... I will be posting this, but I, I, I should do this already. But the picture of Carol Kane at the Oscars when she was nominated a few years before, where she's dressed like a <gasps> oh. haunted Victorian doll. Oh, I love it. I kind love of like it. a Helena Bottom Carter vibe going oh, on. Icon. Incredible. She doesn't win, but... <laughs> that, maybe that's why she dressed that way. She was like... She's I'm. I know I'm going to lose. I know. Also, I saw her in Wicked. She was Madame Marvel. Right. I, I still don't know Years ago. She's the one who's like, I'm old. No. She gets to the school and she's like, no. you should be a witch. A wicked one. But not too wicked. You know what I mean? Wicked! <laughs> she's wicked. Get, get her. her. Oh, she's wicked. Get her. So that's what you do when a stranger calls. Yeah, it's fun, but it is slow. You know? Yes, I think it's deliberate. But that makes the parts that are like, ah, even more like, ah. Yeah. You know? <laughs> yeah, I would say it's fun to watch with like a small group. Mm-hmm. You know, just kind of like Vibe-y. giving into the vibes of it all. Yes. And um, it definitely makes me want to like rewatch Halloween and Scream for sure. It's definitely in that ethos of... 70s horror that I like domestic horror Halloween Black Christmas um, yes. oh and the opening scene is clearly a huge inspiration to Scream yes. the Drew Barrymore scene mm-hmm. obviously it's the same thing killer on the phone mm-hmm. blah 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 you know <laughs> blah 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 you know what happens so this has been Halloweeners a horror yes. movie podcast thank you so much for listening you can follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Halloweeners pod and you can follow me on Twitter Instagram and Letterboxd at CodyMonster91 yes um, I'm you don't need to follow me anymore. No, don't do it. Um, but um, but you can follow our uh, music composer, Apre Pompey, at Apre Pompey. They're also on Spotify. They're on Instagram. Um, and yes, uh, be sure to check out Leah Patterson, who does our artwork. They're on Instagram at Leah Bean. But they are leaving Instagram soon. So make sure to follow the newsletter. On some platforms, you'll notice we have some header artwork that isn't done by Leah Bean. Um, that artwork is done by my brother. Oh. And if you want to support him, um, his band just released an album. You can check them out on Instagram at Megatheria underscore band. Ooh, how do you spell that? I was just about to spell it. <laughs> <laughs> so it's Amazon Mary. Uh, <laughs> 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 so it's, it's Mega, M-E-G-A, T-H-E-R-I-A underscore band. Oh. Um, and they've released stuff on Spotify. You can check them out as under Megatheria uh, and SoundCloud. Uh, check them out. It's great instrumental, like metal music, great for when you're working or maybe you're smoking the doobie, <gasps> dare I say. Dare I? <laughs> uh, check them out. Um, and if, if he's also a great artist. Um, obviously, he does our header artwork. But you can follow him on Instagram. It's uh, His handle is in the description uh, on this episode. That's right. Um, thank you for listening. Yeah. Happy I... belated Mother's Day. <laughs> uh, right? I, I, you know what? Why don't you, you should call you Stranger. Why did stranger Hey, wait, why did you call your stranger last? Why did you call me? You never call your stranger anymore. Oh, oh, oh.